You are now listening to Fangirl Feminist, Media and Feminism. Also, you have been warned. Spoiler warning! Hello and welcome to another episode of Feminist Fangirl Media and Feminism. So this is episode five and today we're going to get a little bit more political, I guess, but we're still going to be talking about a form of media in the form of drag. So what is today's topic? So we're going to be talking about RuPaul's Drag Race and along with that we are going to be talking about Tennessee's new ban on drag, which is going to be like where the political side is kind of coming in. So yeah, that is what is in store for today's episode. And I hope that you guys enjoy today, even though it's a little bit different than normal, but I felt like this was in an important topic to cover just because I think it is something that is um, detrimental, I guess, to the LGBTQ community and is almost, I think, a step back in terms of where we need to be at, at <laughs> sorry, as a society. So yeah, and I'm just going to do a little quick... I guess I'll move the straw out of the way. That would probably be good. For those listening on Spotify, there was a straw in the shot of the camera because I am drinking a pop right now, which is probably not very healthy, but this pop has caffeine in it and I didn't want to drink plain coffee, so Dr. Pepper it is because it's got some caffeine in it. But I'm going to do a little plug-in for myself. So I have a couple of social medias, so make sure to follow me on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube at Ziggyo. so that is... Z if you're in Canada, Z if you're in other places, I'm not too sure, <laughs> but I-G-G-Y-O-0-O, and you can follow me on TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram on those handles. And then also remember to rate and follow this podcast on Spotify, which is Feminist Fangirl Media and Feminism. So thank you guys all for listening. I hope everyone's had a good week. I've had a pretty good week. I think it went by really fast. I can't believe... Today is already Friday. <laughs> Am I filming on the day I'm supposed to be posting this? Yes. Why? Because I thrive on chaos. I've had a couple of um, life-awations or life situations kind of pop up, so I've been a little demotivated on making this stuff, but here we are. We're back into the swing of things, and I'm happy to be filming and doing this episode, considering I think it is, it is such an important topic to be discussing and covering today, or you know, during this time. So, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to start off talking about kind of like drag in general, in case some of you guys don't really know what drag is, but drag is an art form and it got, I would say it got very popular in mainstream media, even though RuPaul has said that drag itself will never really truly be mainstream because in and it of itself, it's an art form that kind of opposes the norms, but it was kind of popularized by RuPaul's Drag Race, and it's a form of art that has been practiced by the LGBTQ community for a long time, um, and it kind of includes a lot of makeup, singing, dancing, performing, comedy. Often it is typically known as dressing as the opposite gender, as traditionally known as like drag kings and drag queens in a sense, but Drag is like reforming and drag artists are just kind of, in my opinion, they're just, uh, they're just performers, um, who exaggerate their looks or their makeup or have a sense of, I don't know what to say. It's, 
It's almost like satire. Um, because everything is so big and drag. But it's becoming more of an ambiguous art form rather than just dressing as the opposite gender. And there's a lot of things to drag. Uh, drag is a kind of a performance art in a sense, but it can also be like a visual art as we are seeing like makeup artists becoming like more popular or body art becoming more popular. There's some drag artists who like to look like aliens and do like fully green makeup looks on their entire body and stuff. So there's a lot of different ways to do drag. It's just, it's, it's very loud, it's very proud, and it's very, it's a, it's a huge core within the LGBTQ community. So, yeah. So moving on from that, now that we kind of get a gist of what drag is and what it kind of looks like as an art form, I will be talking about one of my favorite shows of all time, and that is RuPaul's Drag Race. So RuPaul's Drag Race. I watched this show. I've been watching this show since I was in grade eight, and that was when season eight and nine were on the Canadian version of Netflix. So I watched, no, not seven and eight, sorry, eight and nine. That's my bad. So I watched eight first, and then I watched nine, and for some reason at the time, I think it's because it was just the first season I watched, and it was like eight, and I feel like eight is a very campy season, especially with um, drag queens like Bob and... Ooh, uh, Betty Acid, Acid Betty, my bad, Acid Betty and Thorgy Thor. They were very campy queens. And so watching season nine, which was like a little bit more, I don't know, in a sense toned down. At the time, I had liked season nine a lot better than season eight. And season nine was kind of what got me like falling in love with Drag Race. And then season 10 was the first season that I watched live. And I've pretty much watched every season live since with my mom. It's kind of like a little bonding thing that we do. So I have a lot of personal connections with Drag Race. I really enjoy it. It's something I've been watching for a very long time now, even though I only started watching it at season 10 live. I did watch, I don't know, I've seen all of it. I have a lot of experience with it. I've seen season seven way too many times because Katya and Trixie are some of like my favorite queens. I've seen all of the seasons probably multiple times minus the first, like the current season that's out right now because it's hard to rewatch a season that's not really finished now, is it? So I really like RuPaul's Drag Race. I think it's like one of the best reality TV shows ever created or especially one of the best that's out there right now, especially considering it touches on a lot of like serious and sensitive topics surrounding the LGBTQ and I think it does a good job in spreading awareness and culturally speaking, it's done so much in keeping like drag race or drag, sorry, like relevant and in the mainstream and it's just such an amazing show. It's produced very well. There's this, it has a very... I would say like not significant but like signature edit style that everyone like once you start watching it you grow to love and appreciate and it kind of like changes slightly but you still get like the classic feel of drag race as you watch the show and it's just such a good show it uh it has drama which i always love in reality shows yes I love the drama all the queens seem to be likable like there's very few queens i don't like and even if i don't necessarily like love them. It's it's hard for me to say that I dislike many queens. I the show is just great. What can I say? Ten out of ten reality show, Mwah, competition show. So let's like kind of talk about its legacy because I think what this show has done the most is, 
or has done the best has created this certain legacy and opportunity for the LGBTQ community. And then I also want to talk about some things that I think is restrictive within the show. So I think the show, it, it gives great opportunities and I think it has done amazing things, but there's also certain restrictions that I think that can be improved upon uh, in later seasons if they were to add some certain elements or people to the show per se, but we'll kind of talk about that a little bit later. So it has come far in terms of the trans community. So I just want to discuss like uh, there are some controversies as it was previously in um, earlier seasons using a slight derogatory term or derogatory term for trans people, but uh, that that was switched. But we have seen uh, a lot of trans women being featured in these latest or newer seasons of Drag Queen, uh, <laughs> of Drag Race, which I really appreciate. And then on top of that, we have seen uh, Got Mick, who is a trans man, uh, appear on the show, as well as we got a straight man to be on the last season, like not the current season, but the last season. Maddie Morphosis, shout out, because Maddie Morphosis is like a TikTok god. Uh, Maddie Morphus's TikToks always make me laugh so hard. And then I think we also have, uh, like, Victoria Stone, who was, um, like, the another woman who appeared on the show. So we're seeing a lot more diversity rather than just uh, gay men on the show. We're seeing a lot more inclusion of the trans community and other types of drag art artists and drag styles. And this leads me to my point, which I think is a hindrance to the show, but I really think that they should include drag kings. And especially now... We have seen a lot of these drag artists that are coming onto the show, whilst more traditionally drag queens are showing a drag king aesthetic and are being praised for it and pushing more boundaries. So I think what the show can do further for the LGBTQ is to include drag queens, especially considering I feel like there's a huge lesbian community within drag kings and a lot of the drag king performers that I have seen locally um, are usually like, uh, queer women or like lesbian women and so I think that would include more diversity within the show if they were to start including drag kings in the show and not just like more typical drag queen leaning uh, type of drag artists. So yeah! And as I said before it has an important and impacting legacy especially for the LGBTQ community. Um, it has raised awareness, it has brought awareness to certain issues. They encourage people to vote every time voting season comes around. They always do like a little political challenge, which I always love and appreciate. And and honestly, even with this, so slightly to take, sorry to take a slight, uh, you know, turn from the conversation, but drag queens can get political, especially speaking on this new ban within Tennessee. We have seen a lot of Drag queens, especially drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race, come and speak out. We had Jinx Monsoon, who is a, a winner from RuPaul's Drag Race. She has won twice, by the way, period, because she won the All Winners. Oh my gosh! Well, you know, I have a spoiling warning at the start of my podcast, but yes, spoiler warnings, because I really like to talk about stuff. But she won um, the All Winners All Stars and her original season, and she got to be on an interview on like live television and she was so eloquently spoken and I think she made some very good points and I would actually highly recommend watching that and I'll put that 
in like some of my descriptions below so you can find that tag and watch that video but I think a lot of the topics that she touched upon were really important and that this is just kind of like a human's right issue it doesn't matter if you're on the left or on the right it's about people being able to perform art in the way that they want or be able to like self express themselves in the way that they want and in a sense like so that's her on a political platform like drag can get political like even in a sense drag has such a huge tie and importance to many pride events and pride in a sense can be seen as political as like a rejection of societal norms and everything so in that sense like drag race has such an important lasting legacy rather than just a plain old drag competition show or reality show and why I think drag race is so important and I love to see how it is thriving and gaining so many new viewers even though our fans are known to be toxic unfortunately and I wish that is another thing that I think RuPaul's Drag Race in general our community can improve upon is like being a lot less toxic and especially being a lot less to toxic towards uh queens that are POC because we see a lot of I think hate towards POC queens and that is truly unfortunate especially coming from a community that's supposed to be about acceptance and love we should be, you know, accepting and loving these queens that are putting on these amazing performances for us and representing the LGBTQ in amazing and extravagant ways. So, yeah, I feel like as fans, we should be a lot more positive towards the queens rather than negative, I guess, or critiquing, especially when it comes to the drama on the show, considering that is like one of my favorite parts of the show is when they like get into <laughs> the drama. I can't lie. I'm like, let me eat that up. And you see a lot of fans critiquing queens because of like arguments they get into, uh, especially like if certain queens have like very strong fan bases. Like I feel like the first really bad example of this was Valentina when people were attacking, I believe it was Aja online for her treatment, I guess, of <laughs> Valentina in the show. And like that was kind of the first instance of it. And then now we are still seeing to this day Mistress having so much trouble with Twitter and people just, um, what is it, banning her or giving her warnings that shouldn't even apply because of the way that she treated Marsha, 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 even though these queens are on like, you know, like <laughs> good grounds because what happens in the show is just usually heat of the moment, playing it up for television. Like I feel like people usually forget like this is still, well, it's reality TV and there is a sense of reality for it. You never see what's going on behind the scenes. Producers definitely push things. You know, you got to hype it up for the camera. Otherwise, it would be boring. And I feel like that's a lot of things, like a couple things that people miss or when thinking about reality shows and consuming it is it's definitely played up for the camera. Otherwise, it would be completely boring. And especially like a lot of these queens, they're performers and artists of themselves and their art is their drag and they're showing their drag persona. So they're gonna be a little more loud, exemplary, especially playing it up for a camera, because they're kind of in this acting role, in a sense. Not really, but like kind of in a sense. So I think we need to start forgiving a lot more of the drama that goes on on the show and just appreciate it as like reality television. And everyone should take a little bit of a chill pill in, within the RuPaul community. And if you didn't know this about the RuPaul community, well, yeah, 
it is known to have very toxic fans, unfortunately. And you would think for like a drag race show without like in the core, like that's in the core of the LGBTQ that it would be of love and acceptance, but it is not and it should be. So I just want to talk about some analytical things about RuPaul's Drag Race that I find quite amazing. So it is a multi-Emmy winning award show. As I said, I think it's one of the best reality TV shows that are out there currently that has ever been made. So it got an Emmy in 2018. <sighs> Yo, I just smacked my page so hard. Also, I feel like I'm talking so fast. I'm going to just take a... Everyone, you know what? This has been a very intense podcast. Let's slow it down. Take a little bit of a breath. All right, moving on. So yeah, I got an Emmy in 2018, 2019, 2020, and 2021 for Best Competition Program. And I think that is very well deserved, and especially around these times. So there's kind of like, as I described, these phases within kind of like drag race, uh, as we see throughout this year, uh, the seasons. And I got this idea, maybe I'll try to find his video too and tag it down below. This might be kind of hard, um, but I'll do some searching, but I got it from Jack Feed and they do a, let me restart that. So I got the idea or the knowledge of like these phases on the RuPaul seasons or throughout the RuPaul season from the channel Jack Feed and they cover a lot of like uh, RuPaul stuff and do a lot of coverage on RuPaul's Drag Race. So if you wanna like learn more about RuPaul's Drag Race, I would definitely check out their channel. So I'll put the, Link for that video below in my descriptions again, so you can check that out. But so around the time of especially the first Emmy nomination, we saw a lot more editing towards Queen's personal stories and their personal experiences with like their parents and what it is like being a part of the LGBTQ community and what some of the repercussions are because of that. So we saw a lot of uh, different types, like a uh, different type of like representation from RuPaul's Jay Grace than we kind of saw before. So that kind of started a more narrative, I guess, type of editing where we saw a lot more Queen's storylines evolving and we got to know them better. And it felt like the Queen's as characters, once again, because it is kind of reality television, felt a little more fleshed out. And you know what? It's really hard for me to say if I liked that or if I liked the more drama chaotic kind of crazy vibes because i appreciate them both in a, in and of itself and in of themselves because i don't know the drama ones they're just they're just so fun and it's so classic rupaul's drag race when you watch them but also watching the new ones like there has been some episodes that i have been bawling my eyes out because my like <laughs> my empathetic human nature is just like oh and as a consumer that is the type of things that I like to consume within my media, as I discussed before in this podcast. If you're a new listener, yeah. I like the deep stuff within stuff, <laughs> I guess, per se. So, I don't know. Both of them have their charm. I thoroughly enjoy watching both of them. I think it is still a great show, even though there are slight shifts in editing, per se. But that's something that you're going to see as a show evolves and especially has evolved for as long as RuPaul's Drag Race because that started the first season aired in 2009 all the way back then so I would have been six years old that's crazy um time goes by really fast like 2009 does not seem that long ago but I was six and I am 
an old woman now. <laughs> and then, yeah, so the current season of RuPaul's Drag Race is currently airing right now, so in 2003, so it has had a 14-year-long run, and honestly, I can see it going on for many more years to come. Um, even if RuPaul eventually wants to take a step back and someone else is hosting, I just, it's really hard for me to see this series died considering the impact it has made and whether it evolves in a certain way. I feel like this legacy of RuPaul's Drag Race will never really die. It has like this essence of awesomeness. That's the best way I can describe it. <laughs> so yeah, that is RuPaul's Drag Race. I love it. It is an amazing show that has done amazing things uh, during its runtime and during its legacy that it is continuing to create still as it is still airing and having new queens coming. And I really hope to see Drake Quick Kings introduced later in future seasons. I think that would be super cool, especially getting to see more queer women on the show and more women representation. And finally, you know, as a queer community and fans of RuPaul's Drag Race, let's all be a little nicer to each other and the queens because this is all about love and acceptance. And we need to continue the torch of the RuPaul's legacy in a positive way, because it is an awesome show. But moving on to the more serious side of this podcast and the more <laughs> political side of this podcast, we're going to talk about Tennessee's new ban on drag. So Tennessee has a new law that they introduced, which bans drag artists from performing in the public. So why do I feel like this is so important to talk about? Um, I actually haven't been seeing too much discussion on it, a couple of things on YouTube, a couple things on Instagram, but I feel like this is a very huge step back in where we want to be uh, in a society. And even though I'm coming from Canada, seeing people within my community hurting like that, it's, it's really important, especially to a neighboring country that's so close and has such an influence on Canada, especially in pop culture sense. I feel like there, America does have a lot of influence kind of on Canada in a cultural cultural way and a pop culture way. And drag queens, because of RuPaul's Drag Race, I think have, I don't know, like a more mainstream uh, acceptance and knowledge now surrounding it. And I just, I would hate to see the impacts of this grow any further, especially to grow to any further state than Tennessee realistically what would we what we <laughs> what we would want to see is this being unbanned as there really shouldn't be a ban on drag it's a form of self-expression in a sense and this kind of violates freedom of speech especially freedom of speech for the lgbtq community considering how many different types of drag artists there are typically speaking i feel like they're thinking about <laughs> like this is my only perspective that they can be thinking this is like these old men dressing provocatively and doing burlesque, like that literally seems to be what they think drag is. But as we talked about, drag can be used in so many different ways. There's drag drag queens that walk up and just literally do stand-up comedy all night, and that's their routine. That's nothing provocative. Of course, if it's an 18-plus comedy show, you're not going to take your kids to that. But a lot of the biggest stance that... The people who pass this law are taking is that they are protecting children or protecting minors from predators in a sense. And I kind of want to talk about this because that 
is a huge stereotype that surrounds the LGBTQ and has been one that has been around for a long time and is currently still prevalent as we are seeing as that is literally affecting certain laws in America. And this is a stereotype that I think heavily affects drag queens specifically as gay men who are breaking, you know, stereotypes, especially breaking the sex gender binary and the idea that, you know, men have to be a certain way, like a certain sex and be like from a certain, um, you know, be a certain sex to be a man. Right. And, um, oh no, my battery's dying. Okay. I'll finish this really quick. Hopefully before my battery dies. And that is just not the case, especially considering my personal experience with drag queens. Often what I'm seeing, like I saw Violet Chachki, which was a very burlesque-centered drag performance, but I've also seen Katya, which was just absolute hilarious chaos. I've seen the roast tour, which was just drag queens roasting each other, like a classic roast, which we have seen before on television so many times. The only difference is we are seeing these, there are LGBTQ artists who are dressed in ways that are opposing gender stereotypes and gender norms and like these binaries that we put on people. And so to me, this is a way of almost silencing the LGBTQ community and kind of erasing us and our presence within society and within culture. Considering a lot of drag queens now are like being on television shows, being on Broadway, like it's becoming a lot more popular and it's expanding more um, from just like an underground art form to being in things as a drag performance or artist, right? So there's really no difference between normal celebrities and there are drag queens and what they do and what they're doing. And it's why are drag queens uh, labeled as predators, provocative? It's because of this stereotype of them being predators. And we need to break these stereotypes because... <laughs> And that is so not true. With my personal experience, especially being in family-friendly uh, LGBTQ events, like a public pride event that we had within our community, when drag queens were performing there, they kept it PG as kids were around. Like, they didn't perform songs with any swears. While some of the outfits, I would say, were a little bit revealing. <laughs> there was nothing burlesque related to it. They weren't doing explicit dance moves. They were doing stuff that I think was creating community and was really passionate and was, I don't know, saying something about the LGBTQ community and there was nothing provocative about it. And I think that the people who are creating these laws have no idea what drag even is, what it does, have never seen a drag performance. It's crazy because that is and it, drag is not provocative of itself. Okay, yeah, so my camera died and I also dropped my cactus. So <clears throat> this might seem like a little bit of a cut from where we ended off, but you know, things have been a little uh, chaotic on my side. So I, I hope you can forgive me as we finish off this uh, podcast. But continuing with the law, it also... <sighs> There was another law. I don't know. I didn't read too much about this. So this isn't, I wouldn't take this as like complete facts. I'm going to keep this pretty ambiguous in a sense because I read this very briefly and I don't remember too many details about it and I didn't take detailed notes, but there was possibly a law passed after this that kind of labeled 
places that have drag performance um, at their venues are kind of like the same status as like strip clubs per se because the art of drag has now been deemed like too inappropriate for like minors uh, and especially that's like the narrative that they're trying to push and drive so um, I definitely think that that's uh, where that's coming from. But that is just super unfortunate because I know that there's a lot of great drag performances and events and LGBTQ events, especially during Pride Month, that include drag queens. And it's just super unfortunate to have them, like, have circumstances like this that prevents them from performing and sharing their art and their self-expression and allowing the LGBTQ to have a, you know, a prevalent part in a communities and spaces and public spaces and to be publicly seen and known and everything. So <laughs> this law, these laws, they suck. And I definitely hope to see reform rather than stepping into the direction of them. And hopefully we can stop it in Tennessee and not have it like expand anywhere else. And this is why we need to bring attention to it as well as awareness. So try to find a petition. If not, maybe I'll start one on petition.org. I've never done that before, but I don't know. Maybe I'll read it, check it out, see how it goes. But I will link a petition in the description below to hopefully so we can all sign it and prevent this from happening. And hopefully I've explained well enough why this is such a bad thing within our communities and our societies and definitely like a step back from where, you know, as a feminist and as a personal feminist, I guess this is where my beliefs come in, but you know, it's not the future that we're hoping to see, but rather a step back in the direction from it. And that's super unfortunate. And like something else that kind of attributes to that is the overruling of Roe v. Wade. And so these steps backwards are really scary and really intimidating. Um, to a feminist future where we are all treated equally and we are all, you know, considered equal in a sense where everyone can just do what they want to do. I don't know, you know, be who you want to be, not be stuck to these boundaries, to these systems of power where people are more important than others or more prevalent or boosted more than others and to a more hopeful future. So this is why this sucks and hopefully that we can make a change somehow. And I hope that bringing this to certain people's attentions in case no, like they didn't know before and didn't know the full extent or full details, hopefully that I helped in some way to bring some education because that is overall a goal of this podcast is to spread some awareness to some current issues facing our society. And I, I think this is a current issue that is definitely facing our society, especially uh, in LGBTQ communities. So let us fight for gay rights. Woo! Like, you know, Derek Barry, Derek Barry said, I'm pretty sure that's his name. If it's not, I'm going to be super embarrassed. Derek Barry said, at Stonewall, yeah, that was fighting for gay rights. People were killed. And someone said, people are not killed. So funny. So yeah, this is us. We're fighting for gay rights. And people will not be killed because, no. We, I don't think we like violence. I don't think violence is good. So we'll do, I'll, I'll share the petition down below. And honestly, I just, I don't know if I brought this point up uh, before, but I'm going to bring it up again. Um, 
But most of the time, if a show, and especially a drag show, or a concert, or anything, if it's explicit, they'll usually say it's explicit and 18+. plus. And honestly, it is reliant on the parent to make the decision for the kid if they're to see it or not. Same thing with movies. That's why we have ratings in movies and stuff. So if a drag performance is family-friendly, they're more likely to lean more family-friendly rather than not, especially for, like, public pride events and stuff. So I just think that... This law is coming from a little bit of nonsense, definitely coming from a misunderstanding of the drag community and LGBTQ community, and yeah, there is definitely kid-friendly drag events, and I think they're beautiful, and I think they are important for youth to see in a sense, because they, they don't get to see that kind of media in school, especially if they're coming from, I don't know, parents who don't also know much about that. I don't know. I loved, I loved having like a drag event in our high school, I think a couple of times, like that was awesome. And yeah, I just, I hate to see drag being um, deformed in a way or taken, taken away from us. It should be, it, that shouldn't be happening. Drag is amazing. And I guess that's where I'm going to end this video. And I hope that in the future, yeah, we'll see this change because this is just utter nonsense. It's just utter nonsense. And I hope that you guys have a good rest of your day and week. And I hope that you join me next time in two weeks on Friday when I will be posting episode six of the podcast. And yeah, thank you guys for listening and for tuning in. And if you are a new listener, thank you for sticking around and I hope you enjoyed and if you didn't that's okay everyone has their own cup of tea you know and I won't judge you for that so see you next time